0: Hey everyone, on September 17th, 2022, we put together an amazing event, the Green Summit, where we brought together leaders in business, tech, and finance to share their vision for a sustainable future. We have a special episode right now because this is one of those presentations from the Green Summit. If you're interested in attending another Green Summit, go to green-summit.org. Welcome to the Green Podcast. My name is Dylan Welch. I'm the CEO of green.org and Dylan Welch Media. Our goal with this podcast is to bring you the biggest names and leaders in renewable energy, clean technology, and sustainability so that you can stay up to date with the latest trends and everything that is happening in this world. Not only that, you'll get some action items for your life so that you can apply some amazing things and make your world a better place as well. Let's get the show started. I actually am going to invite up our first panel of the day, which fortunately Karen is on so that she can stick around and share a little bit more. So I want to invite Ellen Spooner, the host of our panel. And Ellen is going to take over along with two additional guests. So Ellen, take on over. Here you go.
1: Awesome. Good morning, everyone. Hopefully you can get a little wiggle on. We've heard a lot of speeches so far, learned a lot of really great information. So I want to keep the energy high and going. Um, So you guys have heard uh, from Karen Burns, CEO of San Diego Community Power, who's gonna be on our panel this morning. We also are so fortunate to have Margaret Leinen, who is the director of Scripps Institution of Oceanography. And we welcome Hans Christian Schultz, the CEO of ION Renewable Energy, back up to the stage. So to kick off the panel this morning, We're currently on the campus of San Diego State University, where there are a bunch of young future leaders here. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask each of you is what do you think up and coming leaders in sustainability need to do and think about to succeed in the future? I'll start with
2: you, Margaret. Thanks so much, and it's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much for coming on a Saturday. Uh, I think that one of the things that uh, young leaders in sustainability need to concentrate on is sort of the the arc of what we need to do. the the fact that we need to do a lot right now, but build on that for the future, and and also be pragmatic about uh, what you know what you what we can make the be- best and fastest gains on now and then what we can stage for 10 years from now, 20 years from now.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Hans?
3: Um, I think uh, maybe two main things. One is for to, um, to have patience as a leader with uh, the people in your organization to let them uh, figure out the roadblocks and show their grit in how to overcome whatever obstacle is ahead of them, and uh, empower the people in your organization to kind of rally behind your mission. Um, th- those two things I think is important. I mean, I'm in the sustainability field already, so that kind of goes without saying for me a little bit.
1: Thank you, Karen.
4: I agree with all of those things. I would add to know yourself, know your strengths and your weaknesses, and then surround yourself with a team that balances those. Mm -hmm. And I would also say lead not only with your mission but with your values because when it's uncertain, and it always is, Mm -hmm. uh, when when you have that North Star, you can make the right decisions and know that you're making the right decisions despite the uncertainty that you'll face.
1: Wow, I think that's really great advice. We need to think about the arc of sustainability, build on what's already happening, be patient and empower the people that you're working with, and know your strengths and weaknesses, and surround yourself with a supporting team. I know I'm thankful to be on this panel with you guys. So with that for our future leaders, what are some of the exciting advancements currently happening in your field for some of our potential future leaders here to get involved in? And I'll start with you this time, Karen. Sure. So
4: there's so much going on. This is the time to be in renewable energy and clean energy. Uh, one of the exciting there's a couple of things I'm excited about. One are the what what's happening in battery technology and the notion of virtual power plants, basically, every home, every business, every commercial entity becoming, a source of energy to help with grid services, to help manage that. So this notion of distributed energy, but not only energy coming in, energy going both ways. So that's one thing. And the other thing I think is important is that there is a reckoning now that we need to think about environmental justice, Mm -hmm. that we cannot, everyone needs to be part of this transition. We cannot leave folks behind. And that's, again, another unique thing about SDCP, is that we think about that, we are codifying that, we're working on that, um, and that's, that's just really important that everybody can play a role in this transition.
1: Hans. I have a project
3: for you, actually, <laughs> by the way, in San Diego. A battery project. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I think technological advancement, like what Corin uh, or Karen said, um, is really exciting because that is really what allows us to be able to um beat um the uh, the old ways of doing stuff so if you look i showed you the picture of the wind turbines like how everything is developing and and that companies are still <clears throat> investing r d's r d money into um you know technological advancement that then has a commercial bearing i think that is where some companies may need to focus more, like how can they commercialize uh, their R&D? But yeah, that's a a comment from me.
2: Great. Um, I'll give you a couple perspectives from the standpoint of people who do scientific research on climate. I think that one of the most exciting things has been the, the demand from communities, states, regions, the country to actually take on the results of that and put it in action. So at Scripps, we've been working on climate since the 1950s, and it's only been in the last 10 years that communities uh, all around have said, we want to work with you, whether it's sea level rise, protection, whether it's uh, looking at uh, the impact of climate on changes in precipitation, and all the the storms that we've been seeing, uh, or whether it's many more pragmatic things, looking at how to stabilize buildings uh, in in light of flooding and so forth. So I think actually seeing the work being taken up and put in place is really exciting. And then the most exciting thing for us right now is that uh, next year we will begin building the first zero emission research vessel in the world. Hydrogen powered, no emissions. Uh, there are a couple of hydrogen powered vehicles or vessels out there, but Scripps is really leading the way and everyone is looking at it. Department of Energy, Navy, uh, State of California, and its uh, I think it's the most exciting project that I've seen since I came to Scripps. Wow, that's really incredible. How can I get on that
1: research (laughs) vessel? I think a lot of the things that each of you touched on really relate to each other. You're discussing the need for the community to take it on and to take those solutions, and what you were talking about with environmental justice and the need to serve those that are most underserved and the innovative technologies that you mentioned. And so I'm wondering how can individuals and how are your organizations that you're working within working to address these, working with the communities on a local level, addressing environmental justice issues? Um, I'll start back with Margaret.
2: Uh, the environmental justice and working with communities are very important. And what we've done uh, at Scripps and at UCSD in general is to put those together with our educational programs. So for example, we have uh, people that are part of the staff for this event that graduated from our uh, our master's degree in conservation and, and uh, biodiversity and have worked with communities on things like seagrass restoration. So we've connected it directly to the academic experience. So that means we put hundreds of graduate students and thousands of undergraduate students into this, and and they can bring their passion to it, they can bring their expertise to it, and the time that they have.
1: Awesome, thank you. Hans?
3: I don't have uh, anything as impressive to say, but um, I think one piece that we do um, is in connection with where we are developing our project. So we do, as I said previously, large-scale uh, utility projects. Um, most of the time, where not a lot of people live, but but there are still communities affected. So in relation to every project we do, we try to educate the community. We try to have the community ra- community rally behind us uh, or with us. Uh, we create. Um, A community fund for uh, improving the community in relation to sustainable projects and things like that that is what we are aiming at at every single project we develop so at least where you're trying to impact the community locally where we are wanting to do our projects because yes they do also have an impact we are constructing and we are doing things so there's definitely an impact call it negatively, because of our actions to cl- create this energy, and, and we want people to understand understand that well. So I think that's the more, most concrete way we would do this.
1: Awesome, educate the community, thanks. You
4: didn't know where your projects are?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know where my projects are.
4: If they're local, so we're doing a couple of things, actually three things. Uh, the first is we've set a goal to procure 15% of our renewable energy from new distributed local clean resources. So that's about 250 megawatts and that will help create uh, good quality, sustainable jobs for San Diegans here locally. We also have a 600 megawatt goal for utility scale. But that's also local, that's Imperial County, San Diego County and maybe a little bit of Riverside. So hopefully you're, you're working there. Uh, The other thing we're doing is we're building what's called our community power plan. We've gone through extensive engagement, we've got surveys, we are going out into the community, all five, seven actually of our member agencies, and really listening and learning from our community members what they need, Mm -hmm. what their goals are, what inequities they see, how we can help through our programmatic offerings Mm -hmm. uh, in terms, it could be everything from electric vehicle infrastructure to energy efficiency to lots of different things. So we're going through that process, and that process, the results of that, will form how we prioritize and develop our programmatic portfolio in the years to come. And then the third thing we're doing, which is really exciting, is we're developing a community solar program. This is a program that will be primarily focused in disadvantaged communities, and not only will it provide resiliency to those communities, and it will allow them to secure 100% clean and renewable energy, for their homes and businesses, but it will do so at nearly 50% off the normal residential rate. And so we're we're super excited to see that program roll out, perhaps uh, starting next year.
1: Wow, I think that's incredible. That deserves applause in my opinion. (laughs) I think that's really incredible. Um, What I have heard from each of what you guys were talking about is a piece of education from uh, what you mentioned with inviting the grad students and undergraduate students to be involved in these projects, and you mentioned speaking to the community members about how these wind turbines are gonna impact them and the surveys that you're trying to do. How can we better understand what the need is from our communities? What are the methods that you guys are using to engage with the communities to better understand what the needs are in the field of sustainability, renewable technology, and science and research? And I'll start with you, Hans. This time,
3: um, I, I think the, the main you know area we would engage with the communities would be to en- attend events like this, uh, you know, practical stuff like that. We would we are doing some quite a bit in Nevada, so we've been collaborating with the Las Vegas University. I don't know what I can't re- remember the acronym um and and also what i said before we have these meetings around our projects educating the community what is the benefit for them how can they create how can we create local jobs you know um, that's i would say primarily how we're um engaging with the communities we're in you know and yeah
1: thank you we will to
4: We're doing that in a couple of ways. As I mentioned, our community power plan. Mm -hmm. So we've got extensive listening sessions where we're going into the community, we're establishing listening sessions through local CBOs and NGOs. Mm -hmm. We're bringing community members in and we're listening to them. Mm -hmm. And we're capturing that data in a very large uh, community power plan which will form the basis of our programmatic offering. So that's the first thing we do. Uh, We also participate in a lot of events to get the word out, to help educate folks about what we're doing, why we're different, uh, and why it's really important to support our organization. And then we're also supporting organizations. Mm-hmm. So we are sponsors because, again, we were founded from the community for the community. Mm-hmm. And so we're also supporting our local community, whether that's the, some of our sports teams, whether that's some of our NGOs, events, conferences. Uh, we're, we're out and about doing what we can to contribute to the community as well. Awesome. Margaret? Margaret?
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, Scripps is engaged in the same way with a lot of outreach activity and trying to be in the community. Uh, the other thing that I think is really important is to connect with influencers, mm-hmm. uh, whether those are electeds, and San Diego region is really lucky because we have the, uh, you know, Tony Atkins as the uh, president pro tem of the Senate. Uh, the mayor has had uh, leadership roles in state government, um, and all of our city council, our county commissioners, we make sure that we connect with them, and then the nonprofits, and we're uh, we just have a wealth of great organizations that are focused on this, like Clean Tech San Diego, uh, on the business side, uh, the Climate Alliance, uh, the Port of San Diego, and so it's. It's a, a rich ecosystem of people that really care about this, and that organizations like ours can just plug into.
4: Can I tag on to that? Uh, please do. So I would completely agree. Our board is comprised of our elected leaders. Mm. So we've got the mayor of National City, council members from City of San Diego, the mayor of Pura Beach, and these mm-hmm. folks are passionate. Mm-hmm. We have such a passionate group of folks that are committed to making San Diego a leader in the re- renewable environmental space. And it's just wonderful to see Mayor Gloria, same, Tony Atkins, same. I mean, we are in a, this is an amazing moment. Mm-hmm. And if it's a, someone's th- here in the audience thinking about a career, renewable energy, like mm-hmm. there's never been a time like now. Mm-hmm. And there's never been more urgency mm-hmm. than there is now. Mm-hmm. And there's never been more inequity. And so it's really important to bring all those things together to do what we can to catalyze this clean energy transition now while we still have a little bit of time. I
1: don't know how much, but I have a little. Yeah, to mention the quote that I said at the end of my talk earlier, we're the first generation to feel the impacts of climate change and the last generation to be able to do something about it. And so I definitely feel your sense of urgency with that. I want to switch gears a little bit and go back to talking a little bit more about the technology. I think the announcement that you made of this new research vessel is very exciting. So I wonder if you could each talk to us a little bit more about that technology within your organizations.
2: Uh, so the, the ship is a hydrogen powered vessel. Uh, so it will have uh, big tanks of liquid hydrogen, uh, which is available in, in um, uh, California. And California is also applying to be hydrogen energy hub of the Department of Energy, and this is actually one of the key contributions of California to that. And the great yeah. thing about hydrogen power is, uh, should there be something like a leak in the tank, what happens with that is the hydrogen combines immediately with oxygen. It goes up to the stratosphere at a, at a speed of 30 mile, th- uh, more than 30, uh, it goes up in 30 seconds. It's yeah. in the stratosphere. Uh, so it's non-polluting and the ship is quieter because it doesn't have the big uh, diesel engines, so it allows us to do more work on things like marine mammals, uh, with that that's quieter uh, and so from the standpoint of availability from the standpoint of uh, Safety from the standpoint of enlarging the amount of research that we can do as well as CO2, it's just a perfect combination.
1: Wow, that is so exciting to hear. As a marine scientist, I just have to say what you were mentioning about the reducing of the noise, because noise pollution is a huge issue that we're facing in the ocean, especially for communication of marine mammal species. And so I'm so excited about that. Um, but yeah, Hans, let's hear a little bit more about your technology and your company
3: um we are i mean per se maybe not a technology company we we are developing projects and are utilizing the most effective technologies at every given moment right so that is what we do so we take uh, we develop the projects we do all the permitting the design um you know offtake we find a buyer of the power off take these guys and then <laughs> Um, interconnect and and so on and so forth and then we select the most optimal technology for that specific location Um, so we don't develop technologies we do have a little R&D department Um, we are not a big company I will admit and say that uh, also Uh, but we do have a little R&D department that are uh, high what do you say sorting harshly between the ideas. we have a lot of stuff that we can do some of that would include developing technologies hardware or softwares that would improve our way of um, you know shortening the time minimizing the risk to get the project from a to z Mm -hmm. and um, at the end of the day being able to offer the customers lower cost more stable energy so we do some of that and obviously because we we it's a competitive landscape we're not a charity organization we need to make money to survive mm-hmm. and we have uh, its others out there doing similar things we have to be better somehow mm-hmm. so it is it for us technology is the driver for a lot of the that goes into technology for us and um, if we yeah, so it's a big big focus in the company I think we have mostly I have at least two colleagues there I don't know 50% are engineers mm-hmm. at least I'd say in the company so it's, it's heavily technology-focused.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Karen?
4: Well, we're a buyer for the projects that he's talking about. We, we, we are the enabler and right? we sign the power purchase agreement. So we don't really build technology in-house. The only engineers we have are, will be data engineers, so crunching all the information that we get to understand patterns and be able to predict load and do those sort of load forecasting and those types of things. We do, those support pilots. Mm-hmm. So the California Energy Commission, or the CEC, uh, has these grant opportunities where, and, and we'll get approached by a lot of young companies looking for sponsors, looking to build coalitions for, to sort of create pilots for their new technologies. And so we're really supportive of those. We'll, we'll probably see a couple of those in the next year or so. Uh, to help, whether that's you know IoT, whether that's virtual power plants, whether that's demand re- new technologies related to demand response and new softwares, uh, so so we're always looking out there and we're we're always open to uh, being approached by and taking meetings and trying to understand is there an opportunity for us to build a coalition mm-hmm. to help uh, get that technology from the lab into the world mm-hmm. and where we can facilitate that through being part of a coalition where. We're open to doing that.
1: Awesome. So the last question that I have for each of you, because I focus a lot on ocean and earth optimism, is what makes you optimistic about the future of renewable energy, technology, science, and research, in our planet and our ocean? I'll start with you, Margaret.
2: Uh, It's certainly um, the the excitement and the capability of young people, Uh, and of course, Being at a university, that's what I see all the time. Whether it's engineering, or physics, or chemistry, or oceanography, or climate, or social science, to connect all of this. uh, This generation is amazing. And all of us that are faculty members say, we're so glad we don't have to compete with them. (laughs) Uh, It's absolutely true. And so that gives me a lot of, of optimism about the future. I think the other thing is, it's not just their passion, it's their creativity. They are, uh, they're uniquely capable because of the way that they mine the internet and have since they were in, uh, of putting things together and thinking outside the box. And that makes me very optimistic.
1: Hans, what about you?
3: Um, I agree. Uh, I, I very much agree with, with you. Uh, I would add that I'd, I, I've done this since 2005, pretty much. It's a long time. And it's, it's never been so much support across so many different, what do you say, stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Everything from from people in this room, to politicians, to business leaders, to investors, to everybody wants this. Like there's, look at the, look at the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is essentially a climate bill. Um, extending the credits for 10, tax credits for 10 years mm-hmm. as an example, it's never happened before. Um, and it's in the United States. Like it's, it's pretty fantastic from that regard. And I think that is happening across, not only here in the US, it it happens in other places too. And I think one thing that we cannot shall not forget is, I don't think we need um, new technology, I love technology, so of course, but there is a lot of existing technology that we can use and act faster than trying to invent the wheel again, like just act on what we have available is going to be critical to move faster from where we are to where we want to be so that's another thing that i think with certain regulation and and you know we talked i talked before about the grid that's the blocks i feel more so than you know us who wants to do this we're just ready to run
1: well karen let's run with it
4: i know i would agree it's still in the ground we have the technologies that we need we can get to 100 percent renewable here in san diego we will do that over the next decade and that is a message to the world that this can be done what makes me optimistic is the power of people when they come together Mm -hmm. we saw this just now during the historic wave we've had here and how we had we were forecasting too much demand on the grid then we had energy that we had uh, transmission capacity but we got together we worked at the state level at the city level at the individual business level and at the individual level we sent out campaigns you got amber alerts those of you that were here we were able to avoid rolling blackouts and it was the collective mm-hmm. so that's what makes me optimistic but it also what gives me yeah. a bit of co- you know moment to pause or concern mm-hmm. is that we're not moving fast enough mm-hmm. we have to move faster mm-hmm. if we don't move faster we're going to cause damage to our planet to the four future generations that we can't reverse mm-hmm. and i think it's like we have the technologies we need to get the steel in the ground We need to be committed as a global community Mm -hmm. and it's, but it seems that we're often not wired that way. Mm -hmm. We're not wired for a long sustained existential crisis. We're wired for these historic heat waves. Like we could Mm -hmm. see how that we came together, we made that happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's trying to find that. And so I think it's in smaller groups around the world where we're gonna be able to, whether it's new technologies or existing technologies or building fast or buying big and going, being bold, where we'll be able to help avert this climate crisis. Mm. So um, net, net and positive, but yeah, I guess, you
1: know. <laughs> no, I definitely remember getting that um, Amber Alert on my phone, turn off your power. And I, my friends and I were like, how, why are we gonna do this? The, it's so hot, how are we gonna survive? But I was like, guys, we have to. Like The other alternative is they're gonna turn the power off. Um, So like coming together as a community in the short term, I definitely think that was incredible to watch real time. But I do think what you're mentioning of we need to come together on a broader, more long-term sustainable path is definitely very important. And I think it starts here with these conversations. And so with that, I want to say thank you guys so much for being on this panel. I know I feel inspired and optimistic just hearing the stories that you guys are working on. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Ellen.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into the episode. My name is Dylan Welch, appreciate it. As always, stay up to date with the latest information on green.org and dylanwelch.com. Dylan Welch Media is a full service media and communications agency dedicated to promoting marketing and helping businesses in clean tech, renewable energy and sustainability grow. Get more clients, get more customers, get in front of their ideal clientele. If you have any more questions, feel free to reach out. If you're interested in joining the Green Summit, go to www.green-summit.org. Reserve your ticket today. There's very few spots left, so make sure you get on that ASAP. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.